Aloha, I'm Desmond Hakias, the host of Healing with Aloha podcast, where we talk about healing, grief, mental health, and passion. Hi guys, I'm Dozen Hakias, the host of Peanut with Aloha podcast. Today I have a special guest. His name is Javon Woden. He's a certified mindset and perception coach, author, speaker, founder of Live Not Load, and U.S. Army veteran. He has overcome adversity, depression, and PTSD to earn multiple certifications, recognized throughout the coaching community and an MBA from the University of Maryland, Robert H. Smith Business School, an MS in cybersecurity from Fordham University. His mission is to empower others to increase their self-confidence, improve their perception of their work, and design a life they don't need a vacation from, through a mindset shift from scarcity to abundance. He does this through transformational group one-on-one and one-on-one coaching sessions on-demand courses and training seminars and workshops. With further ado, guys, this is Javon. Hi, Javon. Aloha. Hey. How are you, Jessalyn? <laughs> Aloha. You know, I forgot <laughs> to ask you before we began this interview, have you been here before? I haven't. I oh. look forward to the day that I can make it out that way. I hear wonderful things, so I just need to make it out there. <laughs> well, at least you're here virtually. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm looking at your background right now, and I am there. <laughs> yeah, this, this is this is the island I'm on. So I'm on yeah. Kauai. <laughs> Kauai. Okay, so I know where to come. I know where to come. I'll, I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> yes, have faith. It's possible. It's possible. Manifestation. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's what we're here to talk about today, right? So, Javon, um, tell everybody a little bit what led you to to doing what you do because. Um, we both can relate. We were talking earlier. We both, um, you know, have dealt with PTSD and we've gone through some difficult times, but, um, you know, with a lot of help and a lot of understanding, um, we've, we've learned to um, have a mind shift. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great question to start with. What led me to this work? Um, the first thing is, you know, adversity. I grew up in Rochester, New York. At the time, we were the third poorest city and we had the third highest murder rate per capita. So as you can imagine, that represents a lot of despair, death, and just being down, right? Um, so at the age of 17, I faced seven years in prison, and I faced that for an assault and robbery charge. Now, luckily, I didn't have to serve that time because by the grace of God, prosecutors dropped the case, and mm-hmm. that was only because the witnesses didn't show. But what that time in, in that jail cell while I waited someone else to decide my fate, it showed me a couple of things. Uh, my mom had came to visit me, my mom and my oldest sister. And when they visited me and we were sitting in that dingy, dark uh, vegetation room, my mom told me that she put the house up um, for me to get a lawyer. And wow. that represented value to me. I thought I was valueless. Um, I thought because we didn't have any money, we were the the nots, you know, the, there's haves and have nots. And I thought we would have have nots um, only because we didn't have money. That's what we were told. That's what was ingrained in us as as Black people and young men back then. And it was just not so. So when she told me that, I went up to my jail cell that night and I had prayed to God using my own words for the first time. And 
I, by the grace of God, he let me out, like I said. And I truly believe that that time, sitting in that cell, having those experiences was just meant for God to tell me, hey, young man, this isn't your path. You're destined for something greater. And I had to see that. So fast forward, um, you know, I could, it was hard to get into college. I tried the college route, couldn't afford that. So I was working two full-time jobs for a while there. And I was like, you know, F this, I'm tired of this, right? I can't do this. This is not life. I'm, I'm working to pay bills and I'm still broke. So I decided to join the military. I'm like, what, what kind of, what is this? I'm like, this can't be life. No way. Right. This is it. <laughs> so, this, yeah, right. I'm I'm young. I'm supposed to be able to, you know, do things, live right, go play basketball or something. I couldn't do none of that. So I was like, you know, I'm joining the military. Everyone else was like, what? Oh my God, what are you crazy? Why are you doing that? And I said, you know what? I'm on to something. I'm on to something because everyone who was here with me in this position told me not to do it. So oh, wow. I know that this is the way out. This is the way out. I didn't let them project their fears and uncertainty on me. And it was the best decision I could have made, Deslin. It was the best decision. That showed me that I was capable of leadership, that I was capable just in general of living life and being more, that I was more, right? So I had so many experiences in the military, not all of them good, but all of them experiences that I can lean on, right? So uh, fast forward to 2017, my final deployment in Afghanistan. This is where the help really comes in. Mm. So when I returned home six months, I think it was like six months later, got home. I started having really bad nightmares mm. um, and I started being super down. Didn't know what it was called, but it was depression and PTSD. And that was the first time I had really was like, oh, I, I don't, I'm good. You know, that's what you think. You're like, that, that's not me. That's not happening right. because you're taught that, you know, when you have that, oh, you're, you know, you're pretty much disabled. You're all these things, labels, yeah. right? Labels are dangerous. And I, I want to touch on that point later. Like these labels, they really go into your head and go into your mind. I thought, really, I'm done now. Wow. Right. What can I do? I'm not going to be at work. Hope. You know, I lost, yeah, I was losing hope. And I remember calling my sister and I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. This life sucks. You know, I'm feeling down. I don't enjoy anything about this life. And I was just complaining. Then I was apologizing. It was just, it was just frantic and manic, right? Um, I was manically depressed, I guess. And I, she said two words. She said, get help. Get help, right? That's and, what my sister told me to do. Yeah, yeah. And that was, <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was like, wait a minute. I never thought yeah, about it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Why did I not get help? Here, help. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I called <laughs> a therapist, got me a life coach, and that's really part of the journey. Like all that adversity led me to wanting to serve people in that way, in that capacity. And I also focus on business coaching now where I focus more on entrepreneurs because I realized that a lot of entrepreneurs, they we just don't understand this concept of getting help right um, yeah. so yeah so th that's that's what led me to doing starting live not low and the transition i just talked about you know going from that scarcity going from that pain over to that growth and going from that abundance and loving life that's why i named the company live not low wow that's pretty deep like i th that whole transition you know, um, mm -hmm. I wanted to backtrack a little bit about what you, you were sharing when you're a teenager and how your mom put up the house for you and yeah. how um, 
he felt like you you didn't have value or self-worth you know well you didn't say self-worth but you, you didn't feel valuable and and right. the fact that your mom would would put that that kind of like brought emotions in me I'm a mom you know I'll do anything for my son but I think um if anything a, a parent should instill in a child is that you're valuable you yeah. know and that you are going to make mistakes but you can come back from it and so I think um kudos to your mom for yes. really showing you that and that gave you that you know they always say um there's a good comeback you're gonna have setbacks in life but you're gonna have a comeback too and sometimes we we get so focused on the setback that we don't realize that on the comeback we help others along the way and so yes. I just I don't know that part of your story was like whoa that's deep you know and then how your sister you know she she listened to you she acknowledged you and then she said to get help and and the humility that you had to follow through because not everybody right. is willing to admit that I need help like this yes. is too much yes and yeah and that's why vulnerability is so important I'm a, I'm a vulnerability advocate I like to say um, because you really cannot do much without being vulnerable right we have this this whole feeling of uncertainty you know, what if I tell this person this and they go tell someone else that I don't want to know? What if they look at me differently? What if all these different things, things and uncertainty goes both ways. You also have to say, what if this works? What if I tell this person and they unlock something in me that I didn't know exists? What if they know the therapist or the coach or whoever it is that can help me hit that next level? So, you know, I, I do this exercise with my clients, like rationalizing your thinking. Right. Is mm. this rational? Right. Is this is this the only way that it could go? If it is rational, well, if it, is it the only way that it, it can go? What else can happen? Right. Thinking deeper. And it's cool to have, you know, it's, it's great to have everyone has negative thoughts. But the, the key is to be aware of those, how you're thinking. What is your patterns? Because once you identify your patterns in thinking and your patterns and your behaviors, now you're playing ball because now you can change those and replace those with positive things. No, it's so it's like uh did you play sports growing up? Yes. Yes. Which football, football and basketball were my things. Well, it's okay, so I'm uh I was a cheerleader, but um I'm kind of familiar more with basketball, but it's kind of like if you know the team you're going up against and mm -hmm. you know um what their plays are, it's kind of like that. You know your brain and how your tendencies spiral. Tendencies so yeah. like this way, and then like learning um to how to to do the good defense because your brain That's is exactly on the offense like. to protect you quote unquote and then you have to go past your um, subconscious to help yourself you know to to quiet the noise and then go past it you know yes. to get the basket <laughs> yeah exactly and you said something you said something key the subconscious All right many of the thoughts we have we don't even realize we're having them and that's why the mindfulness or awareness, whatever you want to call it, is so important because it's not pushing down the thought or ignoring the thoughts that's powerful. That's actually detrimental to you. It's mm -hmm. being aware of the thoughts, being aware of it. So then you can really do something about it. So, you know, they say we have 60,000 plus thoughts a day, right? Well, most, a lot of people on this earth, a lot of their thoughts are negative, right? So yeah. when that manifests and shows in different ways. So, right so were you going to say something no i i can relate my my oh. thoughts i can see how i'm working on, on self-compassion it's a continuous 
journey. Nice. Yes, yes. None of us. And I want to point it out, man, that this is healing is a journey. It's a lifelong journey, right? We're on here talking about this, but that does not mean that we're done healing because no. I'm still going through it. I know I am. I still go to therapy. I still have my own coaches. You need that because the thing about change is there's phases to change. And one of those is regression, right? You can regress and yeah. you can forget. And that's why it's really important. That's why in, in yoga and in meditation, they call it a practice because even the masters have to continually work on it, right? Yes. If you think about doing the sports analogy, you think about Jordan, you know, he still had to practice. He still had to work on his game. He still had to do the foundation. Yeah, he practiced after practice because <laughs> there's always some things you can work on and tweak to get better, right? There's no such thing as perfection. Perfection to me is doing the best you can in that moment, right? That's perfect. That's perfection. So when I when I run into people who um, have suffered from perfectionism, I always ask them, did you do the best that you can do, right? Did you let yourself get stuck there analyzing the little details, right? Where it's like, oh, I missed the deadline because I was so worried about getting my baby to be perfect and sculpting it, making sure there's no imperfections in the round ball, right? We right. don't need to worry about all that, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, oh, that's, you uh, know, let me ask you this question since that's something you do address. What, what, what do you find has tend to be the root of people wanting to be perfect in, in, um, in, the, in the people you work with? Because there's yeah. a variety of reasons, but for you. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a few reasons and there's different types of perfectionism. Right. Uh, But what I noticed, uh, one, there are typically people pleasers. Right. People pleasers (laughs) want to get everything perfect because they don't want anyone to judge them. They want to satisfy their other people's whims um, and they want people to like them. uh, And that's one of the main reasons why I see the second Mm -hmm. reason is because someone somewhere along the way told them that they sucked at whatever they were doing. They told them that they would never be good at anything. So they want to be really, really good at whatever Mm -hmm. they're doing so they can quiet that voice. They hear that voice constantly telling them that they'll never be good at anything, right? So those are the two things that I've seen um, in my experience of why people want to be perfect. You know, I I mean, that's something I'm working on too. But do you find that they have a hard time getting... Um, feedback or getting input from people who actually care and it's constructive because it's one thing for someone to give like a negative criticism because of jealousy um competitiveness towards you you know like they see things to put you down and then there's one thing to have people who are coaching you because they see the best in you and they're just trying to draw you out um yeah yep yep and and a lot of people do suffer because even though you give them positive you know the sandwich method say something yeah. positive then say the negative say something good again they just focus on that negative yeah or they focus on the middle of that sandwich they're like what yeah i didn't hear anything else what, what what about this was wrong you know um and they're they're the type that if they get an a minus because it's not an a plus or whatever the highest grade is they go off the rails right because it's like oh that's not perfect Right. It's not perfect. And they understand most people who are perfectionists understand that perfectionism is a concept that, that can never be attained, mm-hmm. but they still chase it. Right. Well, what do you suggest um, like tips for people? Like what is one or two practical things you would suggest they start to let go 
Um, because mm-hmm. I think if we try to live our lives um, just trying to progress and not to perfect, yeah. um, we'll, we'll be able to see our wins. And and a win doesn't have to be like this monumentous moment. Like it could just be like something really small, but then that's a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what we have to celebrate, those small wins or what you perceive as small. Um, I was the type of person that never celebrated anything for a long time. I just moved on to the next thing, right? Because I was like, ah, whatever. I'm still not where I want to be. But I realized that celebrating the small wins really shows you a measure of success. It really shows you how close you are. And it gives you a new baseline. And you just enjoy life more. It's not just working, right? You you see yeah. the joy. You allow yourself to take a breather. You allow yourself to do that. That's life. That's a part of life. Um, that's just important as doing the, the success thing. Uh, I, I tell people who struggle with with perfectionism, like, don't focus so much on the outcome. Mm. Focus on the journey, because when you focus on the journey, you understand that you know all the things you learn are making you better anyway, right? And you're not even if you don't achieve that goal. Look at everything that you've accomplished just going for that goal, right? Um, because sometimes we set lofty goals, which is good. You, it's great to set stretch goals, but if you don't hit that goal, you can't be upset with yourself. And there's a there's a very finite difference between aspirations and expectations. So if you're a perfectionist, I say don't expect perfection. Don't expect you to get everything right. Aspire to it, because when you aspire to it, you are going to put in the work. And if you don't hit it, you're like, okay, how can I tweak it a little bit? Or what did I learn along the way that I can apply on my next attempt? Versus when you expect it, you're like, ah, that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Now I'm a failure, right? All these different things. Right? The, the talk to yourself is different. So those are a couple of things I say. And then I do the rationalization thing of of thinking again, right? The rationalization exercise helps people tremendously because what I have them do is write down the situation, like what happened to make them feel the way? What mm. were they thinking at the time? What was a negative thought? Was it rational, right? Did it actually make it, whatever they said, was it confirmed? Um, and then what would they like to have happened? And then mm-hmm. also how could they reframe their thinking for the next time? And then when people see it on paper, like, oh man, I do that often, right? Yeah. I think about that often, like, because again, if you're not aware of those thoughts, that's, and you just say, that's just how I am. Now you're yeah. making it permanent when it's actually temporary. You can change. That's one of the only things that's constant is change. Exactly. No, and, and that's, that's so good because sometimes you got to take what you're thinking and feeling and put it on paper mm-hmm. to, to really step back and go, oh, I said that. Um, I, I, um, I was in a session once, a therapy session, and, you know, I feel like I can be vulnerable and, you know, and my therapist said, you know, it really hurts my heart to hear you talk about yourself that way. And I was like, oh, is it that bad? You know what I mean? Because I trust her so I can share things with her. But um, I think hearing someone say that was like profound because I know how to have self-compassion on people. Um, but to have that for yourself, like really have that for yourself. And like what you said, you know, aspiring and expecting, I think it's probably expecting a lot more. She said, you have unrealistic expectations of yourself. Right. But, uh, you know, and as a therapist though, you have to be careful of that too, um, because she made it about her. Right. So if she says you really hurt my heart, 
because you said that um, we have to be careful as, as uh, I'm not a therapist, but as coaches, as about internalizing it and making this about us, because again, if you're a perfectionist or you're someone that's a people pleaser, you could take that as I failed you. Right. And now she's she's, uh, you know, exacerbating the issue versus helping the issue. So she, well, no, no so she, she was saying, I see so much great things about you. And then she just started mm-hmm. telling me all the things she goes, I could spend yeah. this whole session about what I see in you. And yeah. I was like, wow, because I, I can do that for people. Yeah. But um, her whole point was um, just learning to have compassion on yourself. It's right. Okay. So, yeah, it's hard. It's hard sometimes. Um, but compassion is one of the main keys to happiness. Um, studies show that when you serve with compassion, especially to yourself, it allows you to see the good. Right? Mm-hmm. Not just you're not just happy. And I'm not talking about like toxic positivity or any of that. So I'm talking about genuinely more happy. And when you're happier or you see in that abundant space, that growth space, it allows you to see the difference between permanent situations and temporary situations. Temporary situations, there are options and opportunities to change it, right? So most of the situations we are in are temporary. Mm -hmm. Most of the things that we experience are temporary. Or if it's not temporary, there are ways to quell the consequences or, you know, kind of live with it or adapt. Uh, we are, as humans, we adapt, right? We got hedonistic adaptation. We adapt to whatever the situation or circumstances is. Case in point, if someone gets a new car, they may be happy for a week, a month, but then <laughs> after that, it's just a, just a car to them, right? So right. <laughs> that's the type of things that humans, humans adapt to, right? Um, I really like how you said that, um, it's important for us. You can probably hear the birds. I'm in, on an island. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> I just realized I hear oh, birds. I hear it. <laughs> and, like chickens and roosters and birds. Yes. They're singing to us. They are green. <laughs> They're like, yes, yes. That's what we're talking about. Um, I think like, you know, what you just said about having compassion of yourself, that, mm-hmm. that really makes our life full. Because yes. um, the things that uh, we we can chase after, whether it's taught to us, you know, like, oh, get a good job, own a house, um, get a career, go to college, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, sometimes you can chase after things because you are told this is what will make you happy. Um, but then you get to that point and then you're like, OK, I'm here now. So what? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You have to you have to have your own definition of what success is. Because success, I mean, the the definition in general is to achieve what you aim for, right? Mm. That's that's success. But what are you aiming for? You have to know what you are aiming for, not what everyone else wants you to aim for. We see it all the time. People who are successful by society's definition, maybe they are a doctor, maybe they're a successful business person because they took on their family's business, but that Mm -hmm. wasn't what they wanted to do, right? So they go through all this work and every day they're miserable. And then they decide to go a completely different direction because that's what made them happy. So I just challenge people to start off identifying what your goals are, not what your parents' goals are, not what, you know, whoever else's goals are. What are your goals? Where do you see yourself um, being the most happy? Visualize it. Literally close your eyes, right? Like those birds were chirping. Do you see the birds? Are you in Hawaii, right? <laughs> yeah. you see, sipping a nice beverage, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's where I'm at right now, as y'all can see. 
And I'm over in Hawaii with Desley. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I like that is like the like the way you just said it. Like you aim for something, you know, like for success, and that is success. Um, for you know, for people like you know who endure trauma, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I've I've told people that you know, for someone who's dealing with depression, and I I can I can attest to it, and I know you can understand. Um, sometimes success is just getting out of bed. Yes, yes, we have to you know we have your to be eyes. kind, be kind to yourself, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I, um, I always challenge my my clients to practice self gratitude. Like when you wake, when I wake up, before I even open my eyes, I'm thanking God, but I'm also thanking myself because I want to thank myself for how far I've come, all the things I've gone through, but never gave up on me, right? I've invested my time, invested my money, invested my dollars in becoming the best version of myself, right? And and living that fully, living freely um, to the best of my abilities. And we just have to practice that because when you can practice the gratitude to yourself, you realize everything you've gone through and still you are waking up, you are doing what needs to be done. Right. And and that's a hard thing to do in itself, especially all the things we've experienced over these past years, these few years, right. With the pandemic and, and, you know, Scary, death, yeah. and, you know, all the mass shootings and all these things that's going on that's that's success right but then we just then you build off of that build off of that success like yo i'm doing this i'm doing this that shows you that you are more than capable of living that life you don't need a vacation from yeah i mean that that that's really what it comes down to like you said you you live a life that you don't have to have a vacation like nothing wrong with going on vacation everybody (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> no 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 but no. it's just you you want to be able to be present and and embrace what what's going on at this moment yes. and if yes. you don't like it i'll have the courage to to make the necessary changes to adapt that's it that's it and you know when people say oh what is the life you don't need a vacation from me because i know i still need a vacation i'm like that's it's a mindset right it's a mental thing it's like mm-hmm. Because even so, I look at this, like people who take physical vacations, a lot of people can't relax on their physical vacation because they're taking all the stress with them. So if your mind isn't free, you know, there's no way that changing your physical environment is going to do anything for you. Right. Again, hedonistic adaptation. You're going to be like, oh, this is nice. You're going to sit there like, I wonder what I'm going to work. I'm going to have to do when I get back. (laughs) It's true. So you have to start here with the vacation. You have to go here and and change everything. And like you said, identify what you can change. Don't focus on what you can't change. Right. You know, and and trying to find like simple activities that you can do that allows you to find peace within yourself. Because the whole um, dealing with anxiety and uh, PTSD uh, is allowing yourself to identify what are some activities that I can do that helps me to breathe deeply, helps me mm-hmm. to, to not um, let the things from the past crowd my, my, my mind um, and, and just being able to, to be um, happy and to be, you know, like joyful, um, giving yourself permission to be joyful. Some people, it, it's a stretch. 
Yes. yes. But to me, that's that's what I think is vacation. A, like a genuine taking, like you don't need a vacation from your life is knowing what you enjoy doing or trying to figure it out. Like, okay, maybe I don't have anything I enjoy doing, but developing hobbies and activities. 100%. And Snoop Dogg, you know, he said it best. He said, I haven't taken a vacation in 30 years. He took his first vacation not too long ago. Why? Right? He traveled all the world, world but he was doing it to work. But why did he not take a vacation in 30 years? Because he loves everything he's doing, Mm. right? Loves everything he's doing. He's doing it with all of his heart. And we see him everywhere, right? He's working. (laughs) He has a body of work like no other. So we know he's doing things, but he enjoys it. And that is the key. His mindset is so of the world that he appreciates every single experience he has, right? He literally lives within himself and that is, is, is transposed into his environment. So that's what I'm talking about when we say you don't need a vacation from and identifying resources and tools. Like if you do suffer from depression, anxiety, PTSD, and all those things is key, right? Identify what works for you. Have a bag of tricks in your pocket for when you do start feeling that. Like one of the first things I started with was like an inner child healing exercise. Mm. You know, that, that helped me tremendously like I literally had two chairs and I sat in one chair and I looked at the other chair and I talked to her and say yo you know what you're fine now you know Mm -hmm. everything you went through as a child look at us you know we are strong we are bold we are walking in our purpose we are doing things we never thought was possible and I, I sat there and I had that conversation and people you know like wow that's crazy but if you try it you will see the power of that because We have to stop worrying so much about what other people think about what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that is killing dreams. And that's why the graveyard is the richest place on earth because dreams are killed for so many reasons. Right. And that's one of the things fear of what other people think of us. Yeah. Because I I think one, sometimes people don't even try because they fear they fail. They never try. And then another thing is that they take a long time to fulfill it or if it never happens, but I think it's the journey along the way and the relationships you make along the way. Oh, 100%. I agree. And, you know, there's another fear that people don't like to admit, fear of success. Mm -hmm. So I run into a lot of people who just soon as they get like, right there they're like oh i'm taking all these actions taking all these actions you know especially in business right a lot of people have great ideas but then when they get to that that door they're knocking on the door they're about to release their product up they back away right because they fear success they're like what if this does work how am i going to handle all these people right i don't want to be famous you start thinking about all these things so there are so many fears but the key is to identify why identify why you fear Mm -hmm. why you know what's stopping you what obstacles because if you know why you fear then you can start reverse engineering the obstacles and then you can create a plan of action to get over through or around those obstacles right Um, so so it's really everything we're talking about here is about having some type of plan you create right and it doesn't have to be a perfect plan it's just really (laughs) about knowing what you want to accomplish that's first part of the plan what are you trying to accomplish right that's really a goal the goal is what you're trying to accomplish. I want to lose 10 pounds and then win, right? By when do you want to do this? Right. Whatever it is, we have to make sure we're very, um, very specific 
about what we're trying to accomplish. Then you have to have your why. Why do you want to do that? What would it mean for you? Why is that important for you to accomplish Mm. this goal, to get that what? And then when you have those two things, the how comes after you start taking action. So it goes, you're going to meet the people you need to meet. You're going to invest in the courses, coaches, and and, uh, conferences that you need to invest in. You're going to read the books you need to invest in. You know, so that's, that's how I always look at it. That's really how I set my stuff. I'll figure out the what and the why, and then I'll set action and the how comes. That's just it. No, but I, I, I think that's great. But if you are someone, and if you're listening, if you're not used to being around people who, who think on this level, I think it's okay to go outside of your family and friends. Um, oh, and yeah. It might be the person who's going to help you might not even be in your town, in your state, in your country. Yeah. So just that's have an open yeah. heart. <laughs> Exactly. You have to have an open mind and heart. And that's why I said vulnerability is so important because if you're not vulnerable, you can't get the help you need, right? You can't mm-hmm. get that therapist because you don't want to talk to them. No matter if they have their unbiased opinion or not, you're like, why do I need to talk to this person? They don't know nothing about me. You start thinking about these and confirming that, right? You're going to just say things to yourself that makes you feel better. But yeah, you, you if you're not vulnerable, you will not reach the point that you're looking to reach. Right? It's, it's impossible because you need other people some way, shape, form, or fashion. We are social beings. And even if you th- think that you're self-made, everybody you see that says they're self-made has somebody that helped them along the way. I don't care who you are. Right? They've given you some advice, even if you don't know them. Right? I call them my virtual mentors. Like Muhammad right. Ali, one of my virtual mentors, Barack Obama. You know, these are people that don't know me at all, <laughs> but I know them and right. I look at what they do and I'm like, yes, I'm taking that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to apply that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and, that, and that's a good point, too. Like what you're saying, like some of the people who are mentoring you and coaching you, um, they would maybe never meet you. But you can still glean from them and learn from them and, you know, be impacted. Yes. And vice yes. versa. And and vice, vice, I was just going to say. And you may be impacted. And one of the best ways to heal and impact is to tell your story. Mm. That's really what got me on this journey. That's why I'm talking to you today, Destiny. I started telling my story. Right. Um, I was one of those people that like, man, do I need do I really want to tell people like I was facing seven years in prison. I grew up in a polygamous household and poor and all these other things. And I said, yes, I do want to tell people because who cares? Whatever they say, it doesn't matter because I'm not really talking to those people who are the haters and the naysayers. I'm talking to the people who let me know that, hey, I'm glad you shared this because I needed somebody today. I was I was down in the dumps and this saved me. You know, those are the people I'm talking to. So that's the people you can talk to, right? You can talk to that community and it creates that space that you're looking for. And those people that we mentioned, you may not even know, you start to get to know them. Yeah, no. And, and the way you can um, like transfer the story and the message, it could be like anybody else, but it's, there's something special when it comes from you. Yes, exactly. Because there's, people sharing the same message but when a messenger is different it's conveyed differently and different people need to hear that from that messenger yes and and i i think that that's something that we all need to realize that um on the other side of fear is love and mm. being vulnerable it, it takes a lot of love for yourself um because you're holding that mirror to yourself that this is who you are but you're so awesome 
and and letting other people know that they're they're equally awesome regardless of their story yes i, I love what you said on the other side of fear is love and you know what one of the people that i run into fear the most looking into the mirror and saying mm-hmm. i love you right so i challenge all the listeners to do that look into the mirror and tell yourself you love yourself right like genuinely tell yourself I love you I like you yes (laughs) it's really hard for people to to do Mm -hmm. it's really hard and a lot of people it's really awkward to genuinely mean that because a lot of us have self-loathing there goes that word again this is why I chose right they have self-loathing they just do not like who they are they don't Mm -hmm. like the life they're living they despise their circumstances they hate their job their spouse is getting on their nerves the kids are annoying right so that's the life like they start looking at life that way and you just putting yourself deeper and deeper and deeper so I like to challenge that thinking instead of I have to do something I get to do something instead of dang these freaking kids look at them why are they a blessing to you why is your spouse a blessing to you right and if they're not if they're put taking away more than you give for the spouse side maybe it's time there's something you have to let go you have to look at that too right because yeah yeah, a lot of us carry anchors negative anchors that are really holding us back Um, and then you get to the point like those people who just point the finger at everything else. Are you that person? So there's different people you can be. You have to figure out who you truly are. And then what can you change that you want to change about yourself? Uh, because that exercise, that introspection is some of the hardest work you can do. Some of the hardest work you can do is looking at yourself and saying, what am I accountable for? Wow. And not just not blaming you, right? But just looking at how you can change things and change your circumstances that you don't like yeah no and and I think that's important like you said like we self-loathe and we hate ourselves but a lot of the hate and the anger we can feel towards ourselves was taught to us Mm -hmm. early on however um we like you said you know even trying that exercise you know sitting in the chair an empty chair and talking to your little self and saying you know I got your back right you know I, I love you and I Things wasn't the greatest, but I'm going to take care of you this time. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Letting yourself know you're not sure yourself anymore. Exactly. Um, And and like I said, it's like, there's going to be some uncomfortable times. You're going to be doing things, but you have to think in the outside the box, right? Because you put yourself in the box. Now you have to think outside (laughs) the box you put yourself in, right? No matter who told you whatever, we are in an era where you can find the help to work on that but you have to be willing to work on that and you have to be willing to listen to whoever is trying to give you that help right and i'm not talking about your friends and family i'm talking about unbiased people Mm -hmm. and it may take you a while to find those people i just want people to know that too you may go through five therapists and be like what the heck did i just run into but you have to keep going if you know it's true it's true yeah Yeah. i I, I did it you know i still do it like Every time I move, like if my my therapist that I was with don't offer like telehealth and other stuff, I got to move, you know, go somewhere else and be like, listen, I need a new therapist. And then we go through the process. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How far back do we need to go? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm so grateful um, just for everything you, you shared about, you know, what what you've been through and um like the importance of having compassion and just uh, opening your heart and being vulnerable um so that you can get the help 
that you need and and by you telling your story you can transform people um is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that you haven't shared already yeah um i I just i want listeners to know that if you believe right in you believe that you can do something believe that you can change the things you think that are permanent they will fade away and you'll realize most of that is temporary and you can control what you can control and that's what you focus on no and and that's true and that's great um, what is the best way for people um, to contact you or to reach you? Sure. Um, on all social media platforms, you can reach me at Live Not Loathe. That's L-I-V-E-N-O-T-L-O-A-T-H-E. You can go to LiveNotLoathe.com, all of my programs, and sign up for my newsletter. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me on the Healing with the Law podcast. Guys, definitely connect with him. Uh, so inspiring and um if you haven't already subscribed to the healing with the Loha podcast but guys thank you so much and you guys have a great day thanks so much javon thank you so aloha. much best man. aloha <laughs> <laughs>